Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert. And um, I wanted to, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you guys, man. Um, I've been doing this show for a long time now, 15 years, in fact, give or take. And for the first time that I've ever done this show, I find myself today feeling like I'm tired of doing this. And the reason why I say I'm tired of doing this is because Today I'm going to talk about a topic that I've talked about, it seems like, at least once a year for the last 15 years. Um, And what am I talking about? Who am I talking about? Let me just read off some names real quick. And if you guys have been, you know, with me the last several years, you may have heard some of these shows. I just want to read out some names. Troy Davis, Eric Garner, Philando Castile, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown. And those are just a few. As you guys know, there are more. You know what I mean? There are many more. But and, that I've discussed, it's, and we're talking about like every single year. Um, and so today I want to take some time out to talk about another uh, a tragedy, uh, which is George Floyd. And I want to talk about it from a couple of different perspectives. I want to talk about it from, you know, from that perspective, just for what it is, which is a tragedy, which was horrible, which was tragic. Um, brutal, obscene, and I want. I also want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about what we can do as a community to heal, um, what we can do to try to bring about justice, what we can do to um, just move forward. You know what I mean? But also, I want to take a look in the mirror, and this is a has been an unpopular, um, you know, talking point and unpopular stance to take. I guess. Um, anytime these things happen, but I, I, I you know, me, I want to take a look at us. You know what I'm saying? I want to take a look at some things that we can do to help prepare our youth. Uh, some things that we can do to, uh, when I when I say prepare our youth, I mean prepare our youth for these encounters. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say, well, you know, there's there's nothing you can do if you know if they're racist, they they have a license to kill, they can do whatever they want to do. Well. I mean, that's true, but we as elders, we as adults have a responsibility to prepare our children how to deal with or how best to deal with racist, uh, trigger-happy, you know, power-hungry police officers and other people in positions of 
of, of power or assumed power. And so that's what I want to talk about today, man. So let me just jump into it, man. Uh, again, this is the, the Daydon Tolbert Show, the original urban podcast, brought to you today by TRC Auto Sales. Visit trcautosales.com, TRC Life Coaching. While you guys are at it, check out my novel on Amazon, The Love We Had. And if you feel so led to donate through Cash App at TRC Worldwide. I want to start today off uh, with talking about what I what I uh, posted on Facebook earlier in the week, and um, I'll just read it. I said I said the murder of George Floyd is one of the most tragic and disturbing things that I've ever seen in my life. I said that the racist actions of the officer that kept his knee on his neck until he passed out was horrible. I said, but the craziest thing to me was how cowardly the Asian officer stood by and literally watched this man be choked to death and did absolutely nothing. I said that there's something seriously wrong with anyone that thinks this was okay in any way, and I hope that these former officers and overall pieces of shit are punished to the fullest extent of the law. That's what I said on Facebook. Many of you guys uh, follow me there. If you, if you don't follow me there, check me out at uh, Dayton Tolbert on Instagram, Facebook, you know, pretty much everything. Click uh, click the notifications on so you always know when I'm live. Um, and, and all archive shows are available at DaytonTolbertShow.com as well as iTunes and, and iHeartRadio as well. Check me out on there where, or wherever podcasts are, uh, you know, are heard. But that, that's how I feel about it. You know, I said that the murder of George Floyd, I mean, it's it's horrible. There's, no, I mean, you know, you guys have heard me discuss things from different perspectives with, with other tragedies. But with this one, is honestly, I have nothing to say other than if I was there, I would have wanted to pick up a brick and throw it at him. And I, I knew what it was because I didn't even, I didn't even watch the video for, for probably two days later. You know what I mean? It took me two days to watch it because I just didn't want to see that. I've heard people talking about it. I knew what happened. I'm just like, I don't want to see that. Then when I watched it, I'm just like, yo, how, how can something happen like that? So I want to say that, I'm going to talk about the riots, but I just want to say that everyone should feel passionate about this. Everyone should be enraged about this. Everyone should be um, just angry um, that this happened. Again, because this, this has happened before. I mean, someone's saying, I can't breathe, and you're going to sit there continuing to do what you're doing after they say that they can't breathe. That's just that's just amazing. And like I said, the Asian cop, you know, it, it just was crazy to me. He's these other and the other there were other officers there helping him hold him down, just not on that particular angle. But they see what's happening. They sat there and watched it happen. So I'm glad to see that these officers were fired, and I'm hoping that these officers will be prosecuted uh, or arrested and then prosecuted. Um, I am very happy to see that uh, the mayor of Minneapolis, I don't have his name in front of me, but I'm glad to see that he is calling for these uh, officers to be uh, arrested and, and prosecuted. Um, I'm happy to see that Donald Trump and the, the presidential administration has launched a federal investigation through the FBI and the Department of Justice. I'm glad to see that uh, that's all happening. So, I mean, the wheels are working, you know what I'm saying? And, and the wheels are working. So. I hope that these, all of these things will bring about some things that will um, lead to justice because anything less than these officers, and specifically that officer, but hopefully all of them, 
you know, anything outside of them going to jail and doing some serious jail time, in my opinion, will not be justice. So I want to be very clear about my stance on this. You know, a lot of people are rioting, they're looting, and I want to talk about that, but these people are angry, you know. So, you know, we, some of my frat brothers, man, we, we talk and we debate and, you know, it's, we're debating different things, but at the end of the day, man, everybody is angry. There's not one person of color, in my opinion, that, that should not be angry about this situation, be pissed off about this situation. Um, you know, one of the things that I will say is we have a voice. You know, we have a voice. You know, let's continue to use, whether it's our, our, our financial voice, whether it's our social media voice. A lot of people have podcasts now. I mean, you guys listen to the original Urban Bot, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? But whatever it is, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, you know, use that voice to get the word out, to get awareness out about how passionate you are. For me, I don't feel like I'm not happy with what I'm seeing out here in the streets. I'm not happy with um, the riots. I'm, not, I'm certainly not happy with the looting because, to me, that's not an effective use of your voice. That's not an effective uh, use of your um, our time. I feel like there are better and more productive ways to make a statement. Because I get it, people want to make a statement. People are tired of seeing this happen over and over and over again, and no one arrested, no one prosecuted, no one put in jail, and people are tired of it. So I get that. But let's figure out a way collectively to better use our time, better use our voice. I've heard people saying, you know, let's, let's take a day out the year and just not spend any money. Okay, cool, let's do that. You know, let's boycott, whatever. Okay, fine, let's do that too. Um, you know, let's let's riot, excuse me, let's uh, protest at the courthouse. Let's go to the police station. To me, though, uh, burning down the police station, you know what I'm saying? That, that does not necessarily um, fit my definition of, um, of the best way to, to, to get progress, to move the needle forward. I want, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll say that, you know, actually, I'm going to talk about the riots a little bit later on, but I, I want to take a look in, inside us for a second, you know, because I've seen, I've, I've seen a lot of these hashtags, and, you know, like I said, I've talked about all this stuff. You guys, in fact, I'm not sure if you'll find anyone who's talked about this stuff over the, as many years in this way that I have, you know what I mean? Like I said, all those people I named and, and, and more, you know, I've, I've done entire two-hour shows, three-hour shows discussing these situations breaking them down from a legal perspective, from a social perspective, a political perspective, you know what I mean? And, you know, so I, I, I want to say this. I feel like this, this, this phrase, Black Lives Matter, in fact, I did a whole show specifically on Black Lives Matter, um, and I, I want to just talk about that for a second. First of all, I hate that phrase, okay? I hate that phrase. I absolutely hate that phrase, and I'm going to tell you why I hate the phrase. I hate the phrase. Well, first of all, let me say this. I, I'm not someone who <clears throat> is on board with this whole all lives matter movement, okay? When I say the movement, because I believe that that movement is, is, is of a, a racist nature, okay? The movement of all lives matter is done to take away power from the Black Lives Matter movement and shift it to something else, something racist, something you know, that's not good. They're using that term to deflect from the importance of us being murdered by white folk. And that's not good, right? That's not at all good. So I'm not an all lives matter person. 
I don't do that. I don't I don't deflect. You know, if I talk about something, I'm going to talk about that issue until that issue is said and done and it's over with it. Well, then we can move on. I'm not a deflector. You know what I'm saying? So I don't like that term. But I will say this. All lives matter. And what I say, I, I will, that's how I feel. Every, and what I mean by that is as a Christian, all lives have value. All lives are in the are valuable and precious in the sight of God. So when you kill, you know, we would get on my frat brother, you know, the other day he killed a, a you know an animal. He said, "Yo, man, that that that, that animal had life. That, that that animal had value. You know what I mean? If, if if you kill an Asian person, you kill a black person, you kill a white person, that's a tragedy. Any loss of life, to me, in my opinion, is tragic. And again, that's biblical. So we can debate that, but you know, it's it's biblical." You know what I'm saying? God loves all his creatures. And so for me, we should always try to try, try to let that be the last resort. These officers were dead wrong. But what I mean by this, that when I say I hate the term Black Lives Matter, I prefer not to use that term because I look at loss of life in our own community. I say, wow, you know what? These, these lives don't matter to them, Right? They don't, they don't. I mean, you look at Memorial Day weekend just past, you know, there were dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of murders around the country just amongst our people. And I feel like, and again, this is, this is not, again, this is, this is all related. Because in order for us to say to someone else, you need to respect me. I am a man. I'm a black man. I have, I have just as many rights as you. You will not take my life until, you know, my life matters. Until I can tell that to someone of another race, I have to make a case for that for that same life, for my same life mattering to my own people. You can't try to convince someone else of something when it's inherently clear that collectively we don't believe that. We don't even believe it ourselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know, you cannot, I mean, that's that's with anything. That's with anything. You try to sell a house. You try to say, hey, I want to tutor your kids. I want to tutor your kids in math. Okay, cool. You want to tutor my kids in math. All right. well, what were your math scores like? What was? How were you in school? Now, if you were a failure in school, how can you convince someone else that you should be counseling or tutoring their children in a subject that you failed? Guess what? You can't. How can you? Why would they take you seriously? If you're an, uh, if you're a homeless person and you you have you walk around in bummy clothes and torn up sneakers, you say, hey, I want to invest your money for you. I'm an investment banker, but I smell. My t- my clothes are torn up. I don't know how to speak properly. How how can I convince someone that they should let me manage their money? Let me manage a million of your dollars. If I don't have a penny to mind, it just, come on. We we're, not, we're all grown. We don't need to. It doesn't make sense. You can't do it. So if I'm killing people, if I'm killing my own people, how can I convince someone else who doesn't like me to begin with that they should not be killing my own people when I'm killing my own people myself? It's weird. I, I think back to my time in corporate America. I used to be a branch manager in a few a few banks. And um, this one, it's funny, she was one of my subordinates, one of my own bankers. She was white, and she was a very, you know, nice one. We never had a problem. Look, nice young girl at the time. She was like 18, 19 at the time, I think. And she said something. What she said? She's like, come on, man. You know you my nigga. <laughs> and, and, like, 
I honestly know, like I know her. Like she's not, she's not a racist. She was not. She genuinely was young and did not understand it. Come from an all white area, an all white upbringing, and genuine. Like some people know, and some people are actually racist. She genuinely just thought it was. She was being cool. She thought she was being funny, and I had to pull her to the side. And I had to tell her. I said, Katie. Her name was Katie. I said, Katie, that's. You know, that's not something you can say. And we had a conversation. She said, well, you know I didn't mean She's like, you know I'm not, you know I'm just, you're my friend. Like, we were actually friends, you know, and she, and, she, and I had to really educate her. And that's all I'm saying. It's like, I, there would be times, the point of that story is there would be times where we would have all types of discussions, and even in that moment, and I'm having to tell her, like, oh, you, you know, there's racism going on, and, you, you know, there, there's police killings and different things. And even her and other people will kind of be looking like, are you serious? Like, you, you know you guys kill each other every day, right? Like, and it was like, and I knew that. I think of another time. It was like this, uh, there was a time where I worked in the in-store, one of the in-store banks. Like, you know, you go into the supermarket, and, you know, the bank is in the supermarket. You guys have seen those. And one of those was a place where I managed, and, and for a while there was like this string of armed robberies. People were dressing up in all Muslim garb and robbing the stores, but then that was their disguise with the Muslim uh, garb and so it was just like I was embarrassed because it was like I was around all white people and they're looking. I know what they were thinking. I know what I'm thinking. It's like damn, fucking niggas. You know what I'm saying? And it's like we have to do better. And so all I'm saying is, for for me, is it a positive thing? Does it, is the intention of Black Lives Matter good? Absolutely. It's specifically designed. The kneeling. I support Colin Kaepernick and the whole kneeling. I always liked that thing. I never had a problem with Colin Kaepernick. I like what he was saying. I like what he stood for, uh, mainly because he puts his money where his mouth is. He doesn't just talk. He has a lot of charity specifically designed to bring awareness and, and, and bring uh, change to our community. To, even to this day, he's still doing a lot of that under the radar. But it's just like if we're going to talk about it, we have to be about it. And that's all I'm saying. That's what I said. So I don't, me personally, I don't really like that phrase. Um, are people justified in, in their feelings? Absolutely. Have I ever tried to downplay how someone else feels? I would never do that. You know, one of the, another thing that I've been debating about and talking to different people about is, uh, you know, people say black-on-black black crime is not the same as, you know, as these police shootings. And I have friends that are police officers, frat brothers who are police officers, and I talk to these people and I say, yo, man, like, how do you, how do you feel about this stuff? And a lot of people say, who are not, you know, in law enforcement, they say, well, you know, they feel like police should be held to a higher standard. That's a big thing. Police should, because they are sworn to protect and serve, them killing someone is worse than a, than a guy on the street killing somebody he had a beef with, a turf war with. You know, that's worse to them. And I, and I disagree with that. I'm going to tell you why I disagree with that. They say police should be held to a high even, even when we talk politics, I often talk politics. They say, well, you know, I said, hold up. You say that Donald Trump said, you know, something about grabbing by the pussy. You know what I'm saying? And so I said, well, you, you, we, me and you just got done having a conversation about <laughs> chicks. We done did all types of stuff with women who, you know, trains ran, threesomes, and this and that. You skied off this and that. I go, oh, come on, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a man. At the end of the day, we talk about this stuff. So you, you, you done said... Ten times worse. 
You say, well, so how, how, how you going to sit back and judge the president for something he, for him having locker room talk when, when you're having locker room talk every day, when, when we've had locker room talk together? You know, well, well he's the president. He's the, he's the president, so he should be held to a higher standard. These police officers should be held to a higher standard. I said, why? So it's okay for you, but not okay for him. It's okay for uh, uh, the drug dealer to kill somebody, but not okay for a police officer to kill somebody. And, and how I feel about that is, for me, and this is just my personal thoughts, it's when, for me, I say this, nothing enrages me more. As mad as I am now about seeing what I saw from George Floyd, as mad as I was when I saw Trayvon Martin was killed, as mad as I was when, when any of these losses of life, nothing is worse to me when I turn, than when I turn on the news and I see a little girl shot and killed in the hood, a father killed, you know, a husband killed, um, a drive-by shooting. In, our, in, in my neighborhood, in, in somewhere where I grew up or somewhere where you grew up, someone of, that looks like me killing someone else that looks like me. And, and I hate that. I hate that. I really hate that. There's, in fact, it, it, you know, my wife will tell you, anyone will tell you, you know, at this point, my kids will tell you. I hate all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And, and I hate it more than anything Donald Trump has done. I hate it more than anything George Bush has done. I hate it more than anything the Grand Wizard of the KKK has done. I hate it because for me, we live in America, and I know we live in America. I make a choice to stay in America. I was born here. I make a choice to stay here. But it's like because I know what it is, I know where I live, certain things are to be expected. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like certain things you know, like we it's a racist society, it's a racist government. We most of these police uh police forces are racist. So because we know they're racist and we choose to stay here and be governed by in this racist state that we're in, what do you expect? We know certain things are gonna happen. I expect certain things to happen. What I don't expect is for people who look like me to be killing people like me for absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And and it's weird because it's like, like I said, I, I'm in the hood. I grew up in the hood. I'm very familiar with the hood, and I know hood politics. A lot of people, I don't know where people were raised. I don't know where people live, but it's like people are like, we live in a society where you could literally step on somebody's shoe, and they'll shoot you in the face. You could tap somebody's car in the parking lot they'll get out and shoot you in the face. This is not what I'm this is not like a horror movie. This is not a nightmare. This is real life. This is everyday. I could walk outside my house and look at somebody and the dude could be like, yo, what the F you looking at? And I could say, whatever, I'm looking at you. And I could be shot in the face. That's I mean that's these are hood politics. This is not anyone who's who's black, anyone who's ever been around. Like, that's how easy it is. And that's not to say that it's not easy for a police officer to kill you or anything. That's just saying what I'm saying. And because we live in that type of environment, it's like, how do we have the audacity to point a finger at anyone when these are things that are being done to us every single day? You know, but again... Does that mean that we should not be passionate about a, a white racist police officer putting his uh, his knee on somebody's neck until he dies right in front of him? Of course we should. But we should also be just as passionate 
And I know people hate that. And I, I see it all over social media. Guess what? I don't care. I'm going to say what I say. And I'm going to feel how I feel. You know what I'm saying? We absolutely have to be just as passionate. And if, if you ask me, even more passionate, even more outraged over someone that looks like me killing someone like myself. What's worse? A racist person killing a black person or a black person killing his, someone of his own race, his own brother? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's hypocritical. You know, the phrase Black Lives Matter might be the, just the most hypocritical statement that I've ever heard. I mean, how can you hear these examples that I'm throwing out about how easy it is for, for us to be killed by our own people and have the audacity to utter the words Black Lives Matter? To who? Who do they matter to? Not to us. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, I'm just asking the question. Who do they matter to? Who do Okay, Black Lives Matter. To who? Who do Black Lives Matter to? Somebody just, you know, shout out to the people on Facebook. I see you guys. You know what I mean? Shout out to you guys listening on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, everywhere else. But who do these people matter? Who do these lives matter to? And I think once we have an answer to that question, that's when we can really start to march. See, the difference with Dr. King the difference with Malcolm X is because we were not killing each other. We, had, we were able to march. We were able to march on Washington with unity and force and really bring about some change. Why? Because they were respected. Remember Malcolm X, and they were like, uh, he's like, yo, all right, you saw him. He's like, no, I want to see, see the guy. The guy was put in jail. They were beating. He's like, no, I need, I need to see him. In the crowd, uh, that really happened. He's like, yo, to the, to the police station. So they all marched. You know what I'm saying? They were unified. To, for one common cause, you know, we have never been that unified since. See, people want to act like we're unified now, but we're not. We're not unified. Not at all. We, in fact, we couldn't be more, more uh, not unified, you know, more separate, killing each other, fighting each other, uh, hating on each other, you know, Democrat versus Republican. It's stupid. I talked to my mom and dad. I said, yo, I said, I said, mom, I talked to my dad. I said, before he passed away, I said, yo, let me just ask y'all, like, was it this whole big thing about Democrats versus Republicans when you guys were coming up? Was it was this type of, like, division and fighting within our own people about political parties? My dad was like, hell no. My mom was like, hell no. There was one common goal. There was one common goal about against a racist and corrupt government, black power, period. That's just what it is, black power fighting the establishment. Now we want to fight, oh, Republican this, Democrat that, Joe Biden this, Trump this. Come on, they're all controlled by the same racist billionaires. What y'all think? They separate their, when they count their money? They're counting their money together, Democrat, Republican alike. They're handing out deals. They're handing out benefits, Republican and Democrat alike. Democrats are benefiting from all these tax breaks just as much as rich white folk are. It's all the same. It's all the same corrupt system. But we wanna we wanna not be unified. So not to not to belabor the point, we have to unify ourselves. You know what I mean? Should the president be held to a higher standard? For what? The president is a low life. The office listen, the pres the office of the presidency is the most corrupt and racist and discriminatory, you know, elitist, you know, office there is. So there is no hold him to a higher standard. The bar is already low. 
people say, well, he's the president. So what? That's, that's what I'm saying. He's a clown. Listen, be very clear. Donald Trump is a clown. He does clown things. He's a clown. He's a puppet. If any, listen, oh, it, what, what, it's interesting. I mean, not to go on a clown. I have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about Donald Trump. But as much of a clown as Donald Trump is, as much as, as stupid as people say that he is, as unintelligent as he is, well, he's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, so okay, so let's put two and two together, because I agree with you. So if he's a clown and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's ignorant and he's this and he's that, why do you think why do you think he's there? Better question, who do you think put him there? If he's a clown, then who's pulling the strings? If he's a puppet, who's pulling the strings? If he's stupid, who's smart? Because somebody's smart to be running all this stuff, to put these intricate plans in place to keep us de- uh, uh, oppressed and depressed and separated. Who, who's, who's, who's smart then? Because I agree with you. Donald Trump isn't the brightest. He says a lot of stupid things. So if he's stupid and all of this stuff is running smoothly to fit their agenda, then who's pulling his strings? People really want to sit back and act like Donald Trump is in charge of something. People want, But see, the problem with that is that causes people to feed into, quote, unquote, conspiracy theories and oh I'm not a conspiracy you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to understand that presidents are just a figurehead you know there are people behind the scenes controlling policy dictating what happens in this country you know all this stuff that we're seeing on CNN every time you scroll online is something about uh, Eric Garner uh, uh, Mike Brown Trayvon Martin you know George Floyd like all this stuff is designed by design who follows me? Who's been listening to this show for the last 15 years? And I said, these, I, this, go, listen, Google any of those names and type in the Data on Tolbert show. It's, it's really the same show. I do the same show once a year. You guys know that, right? I'm sure if you listen, you know. What I'm saying today is something I've said every year for the last 15 years. Nothing I'm saying right now is new to people who follow me for any significant period of time. They're pushing a race war. There's an agenda. Okay, so police, should, should they be held to a higher standard? I mean, of course, they should be. They should do their jobs. And let me just say this. Somebody asked me today, said, well, yo, what have you experienced? How much racial discrimination have you experienced? I said probably more than anybody. You know, growing up around white people, first of all, living in the hood, but growing up and going to school around white folk, you know what I'm saying, um, going to predominantly white high schools, elementary schools, colleges, being in corporate America. You know, I've experienced it. All, all, I, could tell, I could do a whole shows and have done entire shows on this stuff. But at the end of the day, we've all, we've all had experiences, you know, with police. You know, I've been handcuffed. I've been pulled on the ground. I've been, you know, get up on the hood. I've had my bag searched. I've, you know, um, been cussed at. You know, this, this is not anything that, I haven't experienced personally as well as seen. So should we continue to be angry? Should those riders, should those protesters be angry? Absolutely. Should they handle it the way that they're handling it? I said this in Baltimore. Who was the Baltimore? Uh, was it Eric Garner? No, it wasn't Eric Garner. I forget. Uh, it's, it's so many. And I know I did a show on the Baltimore riots. Google Baltimore riots on the Daydon Talbert show. And you'll hear a whole two-hour show. I, you know what I'm saying? This, I said the same thing. It's stupid. You're destroying your own neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't make sense. I'll tell you guys a story. One thing that I remember growing up, or not growing up, I was in college, and I couldn't believe this. This was one of my, the first 
experiences in, in corporate America in retail where I experienced the, like really crazy racism. I, I was working as a uh, a retail clerk. I was folding clothes, and it was bond time. Y'all remember bond time? You know what I'm saying? It was uh, kind of like Strawbridges or Macy's. And um, I'm just folding clothes, killing time. And, and these dudes came in. These, these other, They were students. I was a student. These other students just came in. College students came in. Group of them, maybe like five or six of them. They were loud and talking and, you know, looking at different clothes. And I remember this old, my, one of my old supervisors, she came in. She was an old white lady. She comes over to me and says, hey, come here. She whispers. She says, hey, I'd like you to keep an eye on those guys. Just just keep an eye on them. I said, okay. I said, you know, and I knew exactly what it was. I'm like, okay, what what happened? I said, do we have a picture of one of them hanging in the back? Is, it, is one of them a thief? Like one of them has stolen something in the past? Or did you recognize one? Like, okay, what happened? She's like, no. No, nothing like that. I just, you know, I just got a bad feeling about it. She's like, you know what I mean. I was like, no, I don't. Actually, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what, what's the issue? She's like, nah, just, 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 just keep an eye. I was like, okay. I was like, whatever. And that, and that type of, that was 1998, 1999, I want to say. And so it's the same thing. We go out to the park, Central Park, a white woman. I think I should just call. I'm going to call the police and say that you did this. It's like that type of stuff is happening every single day. It's been happening every single day. It will not stop happening every single day. The only difference is now we have social media, and now we, you know, these people are picking up on it. The powers that be are saying, "Wow, this is a cash cow." You know, racism is a cash cow. We can we can use this from financial gain. We can turn these headlines into into uh, ad dollars, right? We can turn it into ad dollars. We can we can profit off of this stuff. Black on black crime. Oh, and God forbid, Black Lives Matter is a is is financial financially beneficial to us. So let's run with that. There's a reason why every time you turn on the CNN, you click on CNN.com, you see the fires burning. And is, are these riots, you know, everyone? You know, is it all black people? Hell no, it's not all black people. That's a, everyone's focusing on that. Okay, well, it's not all black people. Right? Listen, I don't care if it's all Chinese people rioting, Asian people rioting. I don't care. Rioting is stupid. Looting is stupid. And we want to try to justify looting. Like, are you serious? Listen, it's stupid. What does a TV have to do with George Floyd? How, do you, how does breaking into Target, how does breaking into Walmart, you know, breaking into a corner store and stealing toilet paper, just somebody tell me, what does that have to do with George Floyd, how does that honor his memory? You know, it, it it doesn't. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Protesting, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? E- even if things get out of hand, because rioting is is all, a lot of things are classified as riots, but something a peaceful protest can turn into a riot through no fault of the quote unquote rioters. That can happen, you know, the police could throw tear gas for no reason, which often happens, and then it becomes a riot. So I'm not, I'm not here to condemn the quote-unquote rioters because I wasn't there to see how it started. But when you get into the running in the stores and stealing stuff that doesn't belong to you, black-owned stores, Asian-owned stores, Vietnamese-owned stores, you know, Hispanic stores, you're stealing things that they work for, you know, I remember I, I resented um, I resented the neighborhood 
that I that I opened my um, my hair salon in TRC Hair Studio. Many of you guys supported. Shout out to you guys. And uh, in the West Oakland section of Philly, and I ended up closing it down just because it was too much, man. I had to get the get the uh, work. I had to even hire. Initially, I was there early, just sweeping up the trash. You know, if you if you have a store in the hood, you have to set aside a budget or extra time just to clean up the trash that will be thrown into in front of your your, your establishment. Any black owner knows that. It's like you don't have to deal with that stuff in other areas. You want to open a business, you open a business. I had to invest an extra couple thousand dollars for advanced security for the, um, you know, the the bars and stuff for the windows and the gates that go down over the whole um, business just just to protect against my own people. I resented that, you know. And see, here's the issue because here's the problem. We wanna we wanna act like things are one way, but here's the reality. Let a Trayvon Martin, let a George Floyd, let a Eric Garner happen in a different neighborhood where it's more predominantly black. These people are rioting and looting their own stores. These people are burning down their own neighborhoods. You know, and people say, well, you know, it's not, we don't own that stuff. It's not our stuff. It's their stuff. But at the end of the day, tell, try to tell somebody like me that, who spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars investing into my own business and then try to tell me I don't own that. Try to tell me that's not my stuff. That's not my business. I put my hard work into that. These people put their hard work into these places. You know, these people are responsible for these things. You know, and so a lot of times people don't have renter's insurance like they should. I mean, they should, but, you know, a lot of people don't. So now you have to go out and invest another $10,000 to rebuild. You have to, now we're going to have a rebuilding of the neighborhoods. But here, here's the issue. Here's the issue. There are people who are going to profit from these riots. Because what's going to happen a lot of times, what happens a lot of times is this. We destroy our own neighborhoods. And so the places that are destroyed, because they are owned by the rich white folk, they have insurance policies on these buildings. They have policies on the the property. So what happens is when they the business is now closed, when whoever worked there, they're all they've all left. They've all go, all going to find different jobs or they're unemployed for whatever time period. The rich white folk gets a, a policy, uh an insurance policy paid to them, you know, a big lump sum, and they choose to open up a different type of business, you know, something that's more profitable. Or they just knock down whatever and rebuild. And they give that contract to their buddy, their, their other rich white buddy. So now they have this big, you know, $100,000 contract to build a restaurant where your old business was or where another business was that benefited our community. But now this new business benefits the, right, the, the white folk. And now we want to complain about gentrification. But, and see, that's the cycle. So at the end of the day, it's, it's not, not only is it not hurting them when we're destroying our own neighborhood, it's actually helping them. They don't care. They're just going to rebuild this stuff. They're just going to rebuild it. But here's the thing. You still live there. Or if they build it, burn down a house, now they, they build a, a, big, a different house, and, but the rent is, is so much that you can, you can no longer afford to live there. And now all the rents go up. And a lot of people that were living where they were living this whole time can no longer afford to live where they live. So now they have to get evicted. It's, it's, a, it's a negative cycle, guys, and it's something that we're not going to Let's talk about it from a different perspective. 
Let's talk about it from a different perspective. We, we talk about, I mean, here's the, under, what's, people say, well, you're not talking about the, the underlying issue. You're not talking about the systemic racism. You're just talking about the end result, which is, which is the rioting and the looting. Let's talk about the issue. Why are we not talking about the issue? Okay, let's talk about the actual issue. The, here's the issue. The issue, one of the issues is that we are mad as hell, and I'm mad as hell, that police officers feel like they can kill us, you know, for no reason, lock us up for no reason, mess with us for no reason. Remind me to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about what just literally just happened to me yesterday. I was still in the car. But th- that's the issue. That's the issue. The issue is that we're mad at them, right? So because we're mad at them, what do we do? We go to them and say, F you. I'm going to burn down your police station. Now, remember, keep in mind, the issue is that we're mad. We're mad that you keep killing us, right? So what's the best way to do that? Oh, I have a bright idea. Let me go burn down your house. Let me go burn down your police station so that you can stop targeting us, so that you can stop killing us. Hmm, I know. There's a, there's a look at that beautiful beehive over there. There's a great beehive, right? Look at this. It's so excellently, excellently uh, you know, structured. Let me go look at it. Let me go mess with it. Let me get this stick and just go bash that freaking beehive down. What do you think is going to happen? The bees are going to come out. There might have been a couple of bees flying around. I might have even got stung by a bee. But let me go bash the beehive. Oh, those bees, those bees are coming. They're going to come for me. You guys see where I'm going with this? But we want the cops to stop killing us, and they should stop killing us. They shouldn't have been killing us to begin with. These are facts. But let's just go mess with them. Let's go. Let's retaliate by them killing us by burning their building down. So fast forward a couple weeks, a couple months, and the guy that was comfy in his nice office, he was already racist. He had his nice little cubicle had everything structured how he wanted it. But now that cop, because there's no more, you know, precinct, now he had to go somewhere where he doesn't want to go. His, his 10-minute commute is now a 30-minute commute, and he's pissed off. So he, stro- he stopped somebody else, and he's already racist. What do you think he's going to do? You think he's going to think of his, his precinct being burnt down and say, you know what, they were mad, and they had a, a right to be mad. So you know what, let me... um. Let me not kill this guy. Let me not put my knee on his neck. That's probably not what's going to happen. That's probably not how he's going to handle that situation. In fact, it's probably going to be worse. Should it be worse? We want to talk about how things should be. No, should it be that way? Absolutely not. But that's what trust and believe, that's what it's going to be. You ever go, 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 um, go commit a crime, right, or have an officer tell you to stop and then you run. See, let me know how that works out for you. You made some fat, you know, police officer, white or black, chase you. And I can pretty much tell you, your ass is going to be beat. They're probably going to rough you up, all right? Look around, make sure no camera. And they're just going to stop you. That's just what's going to happen. Should, is that supposed to happen? No. You know? And, and the reality is we have to be smart. We have to, not only smart, but we have to be strategic. We're not being strategic with this stuff. Strategy. My father was in Vietnam, and growing up, everything was militant with us, like everything. 
And it's like, all right, come to dinner. All right, come on, on the double, on the double. Like, everything was militant with him. Like, he was a sergeant in the Army. And that's just everything. That's how we were raised, in a very militant way. You know what I'm saying? And so, for me, we have to be strategic. It's fine to get revenge. It's fine to want retribution. It's fine to do different things, to get under their skin or to bring about an end result that would be favorable to us as a people. But let's do it in a smart way. Looting, what does that do? I, let me tell you something. My father taught me how to play chess. You feel what I'm saying? He taught me how to play chess. And I'm a pretty good chess player. I haven't played in a while, but I was pretty good. And he would tell me, he said, all right, he said, all right we would play. He said, all right, take your move. Now I would move the pawn. He said, put that back. He might even pop me upside my head. You know, put that back. What are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm making my move. He said, well, put it back. He said, why, why, why did you move that? Why did you do that? I said, I don't know. He said, chess is a game of skill. It's a game of strategy. You don't make any moves that are not done without a purpose. He said, now go ahead and do it again. He said, first of all, what's your objective? What are you trying to do right now? I said, I want to take your knight. I'm plotting on your knight. He said, okay, what's the best way to get that knight? What's the best way to get that rook? All right, you know what I'm saying? And then that will be how you determine what move you make. You don't just do stuff willy-nilly just for the heck of it. And that's what we're out here doing. What are we doing? What's the strategy? What's the end result that we hope to achieve? Okay, we want this officer arrested. Okay, cool. So how how does looting get us closer to that? It doesn't. It's just, it's dumb. I said on Facebook last night, I said, protesting is good. Rioting is understandable. Looting is just plain stupid. And, And it's criminal. You know, we have teachers we have people in positions of authority and power and influence over our kids making excuses for criminal behavior. How do you how do you rationalize that? You know, if somebody you know, it just it just doesn't make sense. There's there's a better way to get the end result of what we want. And so that's it, that's it from the story I was gonna tell you. So I sell cars. I have a dealership and I I was selling this car to this guy yesterday and literally like, it was crazy because I, and I have a spot that I sell cars in, and I'm selling the car to this guy. We're talking about it, and a cop literally just comes right up, you know, and parks. We're just in a parking lot. We're talking, and he just, like, parks caddy corner, like, to us and just parked there looking at us. I'm like, yo, what's this dude looking at? You know what I mean? And it was like I, I sold him the car, and I left, but – and I didn't turn back. I did not turn back to see what happened. But you can't tell me that cop did not pull that guy over. I hope he had a plate to put on that car or whatever the case he had. Because, it, it, I, like I said, I don't know. But you can't convince me he did not get pulled over for no reason. Just for the simple fact that cop wanted to be an asshole. You know, here's another question that I had. Here's a, here's a question that I had. <clears throat> We and this is the craziest thing. And I was talking about this on uh, on one of our group chats. Me and some friends. Why is it that we as a community? I should not. I won't say. I won't say we as a community. But there are people in our community who get real tough when it comes to injustice. Uh, you know, at the hands of racism. You know, white police officers, racist cops, different things, George Zimmerman type of guys like that. We get real tough, like, oh, F him, I would do this, I would do that. But 
these same people who are so tough against racist white folks don't have a thing to say when it comes to standing up to your local neighborhood gangbanger, your local neighborhood drug dealer, selling drugs on the corner, selling dope to these kids, having kids sell dope. I'm, I'm binging the, the wire right now. I'm on season five of The Wire. You know, and it's just like, this is real life stuff out here. You got, if you guys saw The Wire, you know, they had little kids selling this stuff. Walk up to you, shoot you in the head. You know what I'm saying? What's the difference between somebody choking you out with their knee on your neck and you somebody standing on a corner and somebody just walking up and, and shooting you in the head? What is there a difference? Is is one worse than the other? I would imagine no. You know, that would be my guess. No, I wouldn't say either. Both are horrible. Both are, you know, really bad things, you know, bad ways to die. You know, and and, it, and one happens every day. One happens too many times. You know, I know no one wants to hear this. I know, I really know no one wants to hear this. And police officers can tell you, politicians can tell you. But the reality is, statistically, there there are not a lot of uh, the, these incidents happening on an annual level across the country. There's not. I mean, statistically. Again, you know, I just named you, you know, 10 different cases um, that we can all, I'm sure we can all name. And there are more. But statistically, there's not, like, a lot. When I say there's not a lot, I mean there's not someone being killed by a cop every single day in every single major city in the country the way we are killing every single day, multiple times every single day. I mean, you go to places like Chicago, Philly, Newark, New Jersey, people are literally, you know, we're talking about 14 people shot in a night, in a weekend, Memorial Day weekend. It's a blood on the bloodiest days, weekends of the, you know, in recent history. You know, 10 people shot, 20 people shot. Like, come on. We're not seeing those types of numbers. Again, it's all bad. You know what I mean? It should never happen on either side. But that's the level that we're doing this stuff to each other. You know? And so at the end of the day, why do why are we so tough? Why are we so vigilant when it comes to, you know, racism? But we will turn a blind eye. We'll say somebody will walk me. Who saw um uh Denzel uh American gangster? You know, uh, he walks up to him, uh, walks up to the guy, shoots him in the head, and just walks off, walks back into the restaurant and finishes his uh, his meal. And guess what? <laughs> he didn't get arrested for that. Why? Broad daylight. Everyone saw what happened, but nobody said anything. People are afraid because now we live in the, in the no snitching. Here's the irony. <laughs> this, is the, this is the ultimate irony, man. And it's really the ultimate hypocrisy. Everyone's mad at Takashi 69 Every, everyone's mad at Takashi 69 They say, oh, he's a snitch. Well, what do you mean he's a snitch? Like, well, he you know, he ran with these guys, and they said, we're going to give you 100 years in jail. We're going to give you 50 years in jail unless you tell us you testify against these people. You know, the same people who said, oh, we're going to kill you. We're going to have sex with your baby mom. We're going to kill your whole family. But you should take these charges for me. And we hate Takashi 69 In fact, we hate snitches in general. Everyone is pissed off about snitching. So it's like if somebody, I mean, just really follow me here for a second. Just really follow what I'm saying here for a minute. Just, it's, it's, it's so crazy. It's, even, it's almost funny, but it's not, but it's almost funny. If I walk down, no, don't even use me because I want you to have a real image. If you know somebody in your neighborhood, whatever hood you live in, and somebody walks down the street 
and just shoots somebody. He has a beef with somebody, shoots him in the head and walks off. And you see it. Ask yourself right now. The police come knocking on your door. Hey, there was a murder here the other day. We're just doing some investigating. Just wanted to see there was someone murdered here. Do you know this person? Yeah, I know that person. Okay, did you see what happened? Do you know have any information about who might have committed this crime? Be honest with yourself for one second right now. Are you going to snitch? And I'm using the air quotes on that term. Are you going to tell that police officer what you saw? It was Tyrone down the street. He, Tyrone lives three doors down from you. The officer is asking, is this, he shows you a picture. Let's take it. He shows you a picture. Did Tyrone commit this murder? Did Tyrone kill this person? He's your neighbor. You know him. You know what kind of things he's into. Did you see what happened? You're going to say, no, I did not see what happened, officer. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't, I didn't see anything. You, you're going to say that? I don't care who I'm talking to. There's not one person on this, on this thread and this broadcast within the sound of my voice that is going to say, yes, officer, I know who Tyrone is. I saw Tyrone shoot that person in the head. Why? Because you would then be labeled a snitch. You would most likely be fearful for, for your life. Uh, you damn sure aren't going to testify in court, right? I mean, let's just let's just be honest here. You're not going to do it. Hell, I don't even know if I would do it. I probably won't do it. I'm not going to sit and act like I'm above it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a snitch either. I know I'm from the hood. I you know I know the street politics, hood politics. I get it. You know, no, also I didn't see anything. You know, it's a sad state because you. There's, I'm sure the people listening. Oh yeah, I would tell. I would tell you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You probably wouldn't. But watch this. You're walking down the street, and you see this this cop with his neck, with his uh his knee on somebody's neck, choking him out. You know, not only are you going to, if asked, say you saw what happened, you're pulling out your phone, you're pulling out <laughs> video camera, you're for you're going Facebook Live, because you want people to know that you saw what happened. Why? Because because it's a cop. Or, or not even because he's a cop, because he's white. Let me just ask a question. Does anyone see a problem with that? Does anyone see hypocrisy in that? When a black man kills someone of, a, of our race, it's crickets. You ain't see a damn thing. But, but when a white cop or, or a white person or anyone of another race does something, you see, you you ready to, to go run tell that? No, but no one has a problem with it. I'm tripping. You know, I'm tri- I'm a, I'm a coon. You know, I'm a is that is that mentality a sellout mentality or is it a real mentality? How is one worse than the other? How is it okay to see nothing to see nothing as far as one murder goes, but see everything and tell everything when something else happens? Does snitching only apply to when it's about racism? Is that when snitching is okay? Is snitching ever okay? Is telling ever okay if you're black? I'm just asking. I don't. I, I grew up in. The, I'm just asking. I don't. Maybe people know. So these are just questions I have. But so, but, but my, that's my question. Why do we get so tough? Why do we get so tough in our own hood? But we don't go to down to Florida and somebody shoot George Zimmerman in the head. Because everyone's mad at George Zimmerman. Everyone's mad at all these other people. Why are these people still walking around? 
but let you have a beef in the hood, that dude will be dead by a sunset. That dude will be dead by the next day. I mean, that's, I mean, seriously. I mean, just think about what I'm saying to you. If a guy, if if a white guy killed somebody or a pedophile, somebody, that's a good example. Someone's a pedophile. Found out in the hood, he lives in the hood. He's been touching little boys. That dude, and people know about it. That dude, he'll be, but he, you know, what I'm saying? he'll be dead. The hood will take care of him. So why is the hood not taking care of some of these other issues? Why are we only talking when it comes to killing our own people for our own problems? Everyone's mad. We're mad enough to riot. We're mad enough to loot. Why are we not mad enough to kill? I'm just saying, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that. I'm not saying, I'm not, I think, the, I don't think we should go do that stuff. But I'm just saying, for the people who are that mad, for the people who do feel that strongly to get out there and to ride and kill and to burn down stuff and to flip over cars and different things, break windows, well, why not take it to that next level? Like I asked you, what's a stealing a TV or DVDs from Target? How does that honor any of these people? Here's another question I have. And it's not so much a question as it is to let people understand. We have a flawed and corrupt and racist system. We have a racist uh, political system. We have a racist law enforcement system as a whole. And unfortunately, if I kill somebody on the street, I'm going to be in jail that night. Right? I'm going to be locked up that night. But if a police officer kills someone, there's going to be an investigation, and then probably the next day or a couple of days later he'll be fired. But then in order to, you know, to file, you know, actual criminal charges against that person, that process is going to take. You got to go through internal affairs, and you got to, you know, the prosecutor has to do different things. You got to a lot of times get a grand jury, and you know, it's just a longer process. Do I think that process should be that way? No, but that's just how it is. That's how they do things. Um, so because we know that, and a lot of people don't know that, but because you guys that are listening, you know that, my question is why not, because if the issue is I'm just pissed off that this happened, I want to riot, okay, whatever, I get that. But But if the issue is we want justice, if the issue is we want justice and there was no justice, so we're going to take justice into our own hands, we're going to take the law into our own hands. But how can you know that if you haven't given the process an opportunity to work? Like, for example, if these guys are – it just happened the other day. So if this happens to, you know, next week these guys are arrested, they're charged. Like like the guys, like the guys, Ahmad, uh, Ahmad Arbery, you know, it took a couple of days, but they were arrested, right? You know, they were arrested. And all I'm saying – I'm not saying – I don't know what's going to happen. I'm saying give it a couple of days. You see what I'm saying? Give it a couple of days before you ride to see. I'm sure if they never would have arrested them and, and, you know, his killers were still walking around free, you know, like the, the woman who shot, who barged into the, the, the crib of, uh, what's, I forget his name, uh, Botham Jean, you know, I think she's, she's in jail now, right? She, she, she was found guilty. So, you know what I'm saying? You have to get, give it a chance. And, again, there, I'm not saying there have not been tons and tons and tons of times where we gave it a chance and no justice was, was served, I get that. But I'm just saying, you can't say justice isn't served and we haven't even allowed it to go to trial. We haven't even allowed the, the investigation to have happened. As my frat brother, who's a police officer, was saying the other day, he was saying, he's like, yo, we want them to do an investigation. You, you, we actually want them to take their time because if, you, if they make rash decisions and just arrest someone just like that, they're probably going to get off. 
But if they take their time and develop an airtight case and get all the facts so that there's no wiggle room, there's no nothing you know, that can be done, then that's when justice will be served. But you, you kind of got to, you know, have a little bit of patience before you burn down the police station. You know, like, today's Friday. Like, well, just wait till Monday or Tuesday of next week to burn down the police station. Don't do it, like, the day after, two days after. It takes a couple of days. Just, you know, just chill out for, on burning down the police station. Chill out from stealing the TV from Target and Walmart. And, you know what I mean? Save that for next week. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but you guys get what I'm saying to you. Yo, man, I did a show... Um, a couple. I do a special every Martin Luther King Day. Um, I do a special broadcast. A couple of Martin Luther King days ago, I did a show on how to um, effectively survive encounters with a white police officer. And, and a lot of parents reached out to me after that because they said, wow, I didn't know. And one of the first things I tell them is that, you know, I tell these kids, I speak to, go into these schools, I speak to kids, you know, uh, different mentorship opportunities that I come across and tell them, like, yo, you know, that is not the time. And this is stuff that was told to me from my elders, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandfather, you know, aunts, uncles, mamas, babas. Like, these are things that were taught to me. It's like, yo, that's the, in the moment is not the time to have a fight. It's not the time to have a debate about why you're getting pulled over. Follow the directions. And if something needs to happen after that, if an investigation needs to happen, if a uh, complaint needs to be filed, then you, you live to fight another day. You live to, to file that complaint. But in the moment, that's not a debate that you're going to win. It's not a fight you're going to win on that day. It's too – and I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming the victims. I'm not – I'm saying, in fact, the opposite. I'm saying, how do we survive? For me personally, there's no see pride has to go out the window. Who are you trying to be cool for? You ain't got no friends around. You ain't got no no one to try to be cool for. No one to try to oh he punked me. No, it's okay. Guess what? It's okay to be punked. Quote I'm using that term loosely. Punked by a cop. If a cop wants to be an asshole, if a cop wants to disrespect you, what are you going to do? Fight back? Let him beat you down and then say you went for his gun and you got a bullet in your chest? You know what I'm saying? Like it's stupid. Because there are racist police officers out here. There are asshole cops. And I'm saying asshole because I mean the black ones. Everything ain't about race. Yeah, you got racist cops, but you just got you also got asshole black cops. I've been pulled over more times than anyone listening to me right now. I guarantee you that. No one's been pulled over dealing with these cars and different things, just being a black man. I can guarantee you no one's been pulled over more times than myself listening to this show. You know, but the most... The worst things that I've experienced from police were from black cops. Just let that sink in for a second. I've been pulled over at least 100 times in my life. And that's not exaggerated. I'm just being honest. That's not exaggerated. You know, and never got a ticket, never got as much of a ticket. Maybe I'm lucky, maybe knock on wood, maybe I'm blessed, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is I was taught how to survive. I was taught how to respond to questions. I was taught where to put my hands on the steering wheel. I was taught to have my driver's license already out. I was taught to not, have, not for no reason, go into a glove box. I was taught never to have to turn and reach to get anything out of a back seat. I was taught to do nothing but have your hands on the wheel. The, drop, the, uh, the license is already on the dash. You say, here you go, officer, here it is right here. I don't got to reach for nothing. You know, one time I was so careful, the cop played me, played the crap out of me. 
he said, I said, uh, he's because you know I have, I'm, I have a uh, permit to carry a weapon, and so I, ca- I keep a gun with me, and on my license I guess it lets them know when they pull it up in the system it lets them know that you know I have a gun permit. So as soon as I was pulled over, he said, okay, I see that you have a gun permit. Is there a gun in the car? I said, yes, officer, there is a gun in the vehicle. Um, you know, at first this would be I think it was like uh, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand you my wallet. Is that okay? He said, yeah. He said, I see you have a, a a gun permit. Is there a weapon in the car? I said, yes, there is a weapon. It's in my uh, it's in my book bag. He said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and reach over you. I'm gonna grab your briefcase. Where is it in there? I said, it's right there in the middle uh, the middle compartment. He said, cool. He said he took the gun. He said, he said I just that's just for your safety and mine. So he said, he said good. And so I was we were he was asking me some questions about different things, and I said um, I, I forget what I said. Something was laying on. I had the registration, I think, laying on the seat. I said, is it okay if I reach over to the seat and to get this for you? Is it okay if I move? I'm going to move and hand it. He said, look, man. He said, cut the crap. He said, now, now, he said, now, you, now you're starting to piss me off. He said, everything was cool. He said, you're starting to piss me off. He said, we've already, we have a good rapport. He said, I've already established, he said, we've already established the gun that you had in the car. I already have the gun, so you don't have to be all extra with the <laughs> – and I was like, well <laughs> – you, you kind of have a point there, but I was just saying, you know, I said, officer, I'm just trying to be careful. I said, and he said, no, but he said, I'm gonna be, he said, you're being cool with me, so I'm going to be cool with you. He said, don't, you know what I mean? He said, don't disrespect me. That's actually what he said. He said, don't disrespect me by thinking, by insulting me, you know, like, I, like I'm a racist. He said, I'm not a racist. We had a nice little back and forth dialogue about racist cops. He's like, I'm not one of those cops. He said, you be straight with me, I'm going to be straight with you. You already told me where the gun is. I have the gun, so if I ask you to get something, just get it. I was like, okay, you got it. You know what I mean? And all I'm saying is, how, whether it goes like that or in a different way, you, the most important thing is getting back home. It's not about being cool. It's not about video. I mean, you can videotape if you want to, but I'm just saying it's not about, you know, being, um, have, making a big scene. Everything doesn't have to be a big scene. You know, just because you're disrespected, just because someone tells you to get out the car. Wow, why do I got to get out the car? Why do I got to get out the car? Because I told you to get out the car. That's not the time. People don't understand. You have to uh, obey uh, lawful commands. If you're being detained, which is a police stop, you have to, you know, you have to do these things. If you say, they say open the door, they say roll down the window, they can forcibly remove you from a vehicle. They don't have, they say, well, they have to have a reason. No, they don't. They do not have to have a reason. They, they don't. People, see, people don't understand how this stuff works. Well, you have to tell me why you pulled me over. No, they don't. You have, in that moment, you have to follow the, the, the instructions. I'm, I'm only saying this has nothing to do with George Floyd. This has what I'm saying right now has absolutely zero to do with George Floyd. But what I'm talking about now is how do we survive? This is 2020. I did my first show back in 2005. As much as I love talking about this stuff, I really don't want to have to do another show on this same topic. In 2021, 2021, I don't want to. I would rather not have to insert some black man's name into this show outline that I've had, the same show outline that I have had for the last several years, same one I had when I talked about Trayvon, Eric Garner, Mike Brown, Tamir Wright, Sandra Bland, Troy Davis, you know, one of the things that I would, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Now. I'm not going to talk forever. I want us to continue to be passionate. 
okay? I want us to continue to be angry. I want us to uh, continue to be motivated and mobilized uh, when it comes to these types of uh, topics. I want us to vote. You know, I have my own thoughts on a political process on a national level, the presidential, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't don't get, I spent a lot of time talking about Joe Biden the other day. I was live on Facebook. Check it out if you missed it. I spent a whole bunch of time talking about his absolute asinine comment, talking about something that you ain't black, clown, Joe Biden is a clown. Uh, I don't like that. I didn't like that. I talked about it. So, um, but continue to vote, continue to be passionate about us. Whether you do that through voting, whether you do that through mentorship. See, I'm not one of these people that feels like the only way to bring about change is through the corrupt United States political process. Like, I do this stuff for real. Like, I help people. I mentor. I feed the homeless. I do a lot of stuff. And we as a community have to find different ways to impact our community, productive ways, legal ways, you know, uh, strategic ways to impact our community. You know, to me, looting is not strategic. It's not productive. Um, You know, voting necessarily is not the most productive way. I mean, it's cool if you do it. It's not the best way. It's not the only way to bring about change because you're ultimately trying to change a system that's not designed to be changed and it will never change. Racism isn't going anywhere. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not. Racist police officers are not going anywhere. In fact, they're going to come more out the woodwork. Now, after every riot, after every situation, it gets worse. Just like we're scared, these police officers are scared, the confrontations are just going to be you know, more amplified, and it's going to get worse. It's, like, nothing that's happening in uh, Minneapolis is, going to, is making things better. I, hope, I really hope people don't think things are going to get better as a result of what's happening right now. They're still burning stuff over there. That's not going to make things better. That's making things worse. I hope everyone understands that. You can accept it. You can be mad about it. You can say, go ahead, black power, fight the power, whatever you want to say. But as long as you know, (laughs) that's making things worse. And if you can think of something that that's going to do positive, let me know. But it's not. So I want to thank you all for listening, man. I'm I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I would encourage you, man, share this link, man. Stop listening with your Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity sunglasses on, your disguises on. It's okay to, to you know, have an opinion. It's okay to have a, a different opinion than what's popular. I know a lot of my views, a lot of my opinions are, are not what you would typically hear. That's one of the reasons I've been around as long as I have been uh, in this podcasting thing, just because I have a different outlook on a lot of things, whether it's relationships, uh, politics, social issues, whatever. Um, and I'm not afraid to express those views, so I would encourage you guys to do the same thing. You know, like I said, share the link, share the views, um, follow me. Like I said, turn on your post notifications. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, TRC Worldwide Cash App, if you feel so led to donate something or uh, whatever, man. Um, <clears throat> add yourselves to the Friends of the Data on Talbot Show Facebook group. <clears throat> we have a lot of uh, interesting discussions over there. And, um, you know, that's it, man. I appreciate you guys for listening, and uh, I will see you guys next time.
Meditate on the motivation Child, the date on to overcome and rock your world Meditate on the motivation Child, the date on to motivate you, girl Meditate on the motivation Child, the date on to overcome and change your world You don't ever have to settle for that I'm told. 